Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I'm so excited for our guest today because many of you ask these questions constantly, and it's still something that is relatively new, but it's really, really taken off since the whole 2020 thing, depending on when you're listening or watching this. But we're going to be talking about influencer marketing today. And a lot of the questions that many of you ask, you'll probably get answers here. So stop what you're doing and be present and pay attention for 30 minutes. And we're going to give you the down and dirty on influencer marketing. So Taylor, welcome to the show. That was live, y'all. She's got a talent. She's gifted. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today, Angela. I'm excited that you're here. So before we jump into all this, I know that you came from like I was looking at your background and all that from the NFL world and the agency just give us a little bit of background of like what was what was life like with business before influencer marketing and like how have you gotten here today like quick story I'll give you the quick story so I've been in influencer marketing for about 10 years now I don't really know what business was like prior to because the first touch point I had was I played football at UCLA got the hat on, um, hardly played. They gave me a Jersey, but one of my teammates was P Diddy's son. Um, typical thing, uh, created an events company in college, uh, with Justin Combs, Diddy's son, who was, you know, an influencer of sorts himself, um, in which literally every single dollar of revenue that was generated was on, uh, from his posting about it. Hey, come to this event, selling tickets, product placements, but everything was due to him promoting it, right? So nothing out of the ordinary uh, or crazy about it, but it was my first touch point with influencer marketing, sparked my intrigue in the space, set me on my path. Um, From there, went to, like you alluded to, an NFL marketing agency, think Aaron Rodgers, State Farm commercials, like that's what we were doing and what's what we were behind. So a lot of macro influencers there, transitioned to uh, a growth agency, Common Thread Collective, more so on the paid media side of things, think Facebook ads, TikTok ads, working with a lot of micro influencers, content creators. And then three years ago, they seed funded us, started Kinship, and now we're where we're at today. But that's kind of like the 10-year journey getting to uh, where we're at. I love it. So not everybody knows the difference between the micro influencer. Can you just give a little bit, bit of backstory? Because I don't want people, I want people to understand, you know, what mm-hmm. the differences are there. I mean, everyone has their own definitions, like you're kind of touching on. Influencer marketing is very much so a black ball that people don't really know what to do with. How we define influencers, and again, everyone's is different. Uh, five, five K less nano influencer, five K to 150 K micro influencer, 150 K to 500 mid tier 500 to a million macro, a million plus mega celebrity, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, that's how we would break it out and tear it out though. It's strictly based on follower size at this point. That's how a lot of the market rates are typically um, set. I don't really think it should be, but that's something else we can, we can chat through as well. Yeah. So it's just funny because what's actually happening on the inside of this business of influencer marketing and then the perception of what people are thinking. And, and again, I'm just regurgitating what people say, like, Oh, I need a million followers. How do you make money online? Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I mean, we do strategy for people that have under 5,000 followers, but their engagement rate is above 30%, which is really amazing. And they're pulling in between 20 and 30,000 us dollars a month. And, and we, we see it. And so we know it's real. Um, we see it through YouTube. We see it through now TikTok. Um, definitely, but people, if you can allude to that a little bit, why people are so focused on like the numbers and the vanity numbers. And it's like, what I try to explain to people is like, if you have a hundred people in your audience and they're engaged and you're being authentic and they're buying what you're selling. And again, you're, you're authentic. It's not about the, the masses. It, it's about the, the quality. So what are your 100%. thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it goes kind of in hand with what we preach as well. So a lot of the time we're telling brands, cause we're more so on the brand side, right? Representing them and executing a strategy on, on their side of things. But what we're recommending typically is identifying and reaching out to influencers between zero K and 150 K followers. Reason being, um, you avoid agents, you avoid managers, you, you literally avoid people like me at athletes first. A lot of those people are really just trying to, I mean, they have inflated price points for a lot of the people that they represent that don't make too much sense for the cost and what the ROI will ultimately be. And you want direct relationships. So a lot of the time we're recommending, Hey, zero K to 150 K. In addition to that, uh, on a per follower basis, like you already kind of touched on greater reach, greater engagement. Uh, greater conversion rate, more niche audiences to align your brand with, all of the above. Um, and then content. I mean, when you ask a macro influencer for usage rights, their content to repurpose across your own channels, which is truly the biggest value add in our opinion, like them as content creators in comparison to a means of distribution, a macro influencer will charge you a massive rate uh, for like usage rights to that content, whereas a micro influencer, much more reasonable much more cost effective. Um, yeah. So for all those reasons and more zero K to 150 K is really where the bread and butter influencers are at to work with. So I know that they're, um, when this, when this just all started, I feel like during the pandemic, things like really started to blow up for people and, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they don't really know what to do. And so, you know, they do go to agencies because even now, like, some of the stuff that we're approached with, if, if it doesn't come through the right channel or an agency, like we're not even, we're not going to touch it because it's a business. It's a full-time freaking business. And if you're not serious about it, if you don't have the time to dedicate to it, it's not going to work typically. Mm. It's, it just, it isn't. And so, but this whole model of pay per post, like, can you explain a little bit about what that is? And like, is that still happening? or it's not happening anymore. Like where you make a video and you post it and you get paid per post. And some people may not even know really what that means. So if you can go deeper with that too. Yeah, it's a traditional model, right? You know, you pay 
Angela, you're an influencer I really want to work with on behalf of this brand. We're going to come in, pay you. You send me your media kit, what your rates are for, you know, three posts across Instagram or on TikTok or on YouTube. It's going to cost you, you know, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, you know, depending on who you're working with, it could be freaking $100,000. Back at Athletes First, the NFL marketing agency I was at, Aaron Rodgers for one Twitter post was 50K. So like that's the pay for post model in short. Um, so we don't recommend really engaging in that, um, at least not in the way you initiate relationships. It's just very transactional, right? It doesn't lend itself to like everyone's reaching out that way to influencers. Um, so if you're a brand or if you're an influencer, quite honestly, but for brands specifically, we're typically telling people, Hey, you just need to send out your product and not like as a gifting PR package where you're saying, Hey, we'll send you this so long as you post, or we'll send you this and pay you so long as you post. We're telling brands consistently, hey, you need to just identify quality content creators that align with your brand that could represent your product incredibly well, that are a good fit. Send them the product and literally say, Angela, think you're a great brand fit. Love the content you consistently put out. Think you love our product. We want to send it to you. No strings attached. What we mean by that is we have literally no expectation of you to post whatsoever. Send us your address. We'll get this right out to you. And through that will be a filter, right? Of who's actually a genuine advocate of the brand. Some will end up post, right? Awesome, great. You know, they actually love your product. From there, from there, then you get them into like a pay for post. What we typically recommend is like put them on an affiliate program for organic and let them earn, like put them on a very generous affiliate program as well, I'll say, um, more than like the 15% standard model because otherwise they really don't have the opportunity to make much money generous affiliate commission at that point and then pay them for content uh, to be able to for them to create um it's typically a lot more cost effective than a studio shoot and it typically performs a lot better so on the influencer side of things i would understand where your value resides is through the content you're creating um that's what the brand's really going to be able to use at scale across their website and paid social where they're really going to make a majority of the roi not much revenue is driven from organic social at the end of the day. The algorithms aren't set up to convert that well. You'll find like some diamonds in the rough, sure, and you hear of the case studies, but a majority of the time, uh, the organic distribution isn't the revenue driver. The content being repurposed in a paid media is. Long-winded answer. Long-winded. Yeah. Apologies. No, no, it's good. So backing up just a little bit, um, you, so something that you need is a media kit. And... Um, can you talk a little bit about if someone's listening or watching, like what needs to be in a media kit, like real basic? Well, what I would say is though, because it's funny, I'm having these conversations with my fiance. I was like, you should just be doing this. We're about to get married and we're going to start a family. Like you're like literally everyone, like the role you're in is like everyone's dream. Right. So just start putting out content. But what I'll say is if you're starting out your journey, the way to stand out, everyone has a media kit. So I'll, I, what I'll say is I would refrain to send the media kit. So like on the other side of things, like what I just recommended the brands, no strings attached, send them the product, build the relationship, start there. If I'm an influencer looking, this is what I'm telling my fiance too. So you're getting live advice in real time here. Love it. If I'm an influencer, I'm identifying brands that I align with and literally cold reaching out to them. And what, what can I send them? No strings attached. So just like flip the mindset, the frame of mind yep. here, you wouldn't say, Hey, here's my media kit. If you ever want to work with me, it's like, that's an interesting way to start this relationship. Here's my price points, like pay for my dinner. Um, so what I would, what I tell my fiance Madison to do, Hey, 
you should reach out. Hey, I'm a genuine lover of your product. I've actually, I have it. I use it. This is the way I use it. Whatever, make it short and sweet. Would love to, you know, provide you and your team with some content, um, free of cost. Um, no, no revision. Like you can have unlimited revisions, like figure out what that no strings attached is. Maybe shout them out on your story, like build a relationship. And then from there, you know, if your content works, they're going to come back to your door. And then from there on out, that's where your media kit comes in. Hey, I'd love to continue this relationship, but obviously, you know, my labor takes time and it's worth something. Hey, here's my rates. So your media kit is just like, Hey, this is what it costs you for, to create a video. This is what it costs you to create an image. This is what it costs you to post it, so on and so forth. But I would start with the same idea of no strings attached, just on the other side and building these relationships with brands, because that's what this industry lacks those genuine relationships because people just start with that transaction uh, and that's where things go south. This is the only marketing channel where it's, there's that human element and that needs to be had. When audit, like people know you can see right through the bullshit. So it's funny. Like I'll go to our office, not, not that often anymore, but it's like, I'll show up and there's like packages of shit and half of it. I'm like, okay, I don't drink coffee. They, I talk about it right. all the time. I don't use paper. Um, I mean, I talk about it all the time. So we know the people that like do the research, like the probably the most recent thing that was really neat. And because I travel and fly so much, I have a lot of, I mean, right now I have an ear infection. It's terrible, but mm, I have a lot of problems with my ears and um, like just the different pressures and the elevations. And so this company, and, and I teach technology, like I'm an app geek. I, they did their freaking research and they had reached out and they're like, Hey, we have this new app and it's this camera and this thing. And you can like clean your earwax. And you know, some people oh, are like, yeah. Yeah. they're like, so gross. Right? I almost like, got that for my birthday. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's freaking amazing. Okay. So I'm like, Ooh, and I couldn't wait to like open it up and I like did a little unboxing thing. And then I, I did like a little unboxing thing with like the Facebook, the Ray-Ban things, you know, that yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, so it's like, there's things that I get really excited about. And it's like, even if they hadn't asked or paid or anything, like I would have just done it on my own because I right. want to share with people right. genuinely who have ear problems, but it's like, they did their freaking research. And so it's like, I want to have a relationship with those types of companies because they did their research and they understand the brand. Mm. And in the companies that send like cute monogram planners and like content paper planners and stuff, I'm like, this is for somebody and this is good, but I don't freaking talk. Like I'm, right. I don't use it like this. No. And so it's like, do your research. So going back and talking about, and I think you have like this um, calculator thing of like, because we get asked all the time, how much do you charge and how do you know what to charge and what is industry standard? And my answer is probably not the right one, but what I say and it, what we do internally is I know how much it costs me to run my company daily. And I know how much I have to pay an editor. I know how much time my, my hourly is worth. I know what my day rate is. I know what I have to pay all the other people to do all these things. And so that's how we arrive at that price. And if you don't like it, sorry, you know, and then we'll have people come back and say, well, industry standard. I'm like, I don't give a shit what industry standard is because I'm over here running a business and we've been building an audience for years and years and years and years. And I really don't care what other people are doing. Like I, I'm running a business. So take it or leave it. 
probably not the right attitude, but when it comes to calculated cost, like what, what's, what's the magic formula there? I mean, there isn't one as of right now on the market, quite honestly. Um, but what people need to start again, there's just such a, it's still such a wild, wild west, but what drives price points is, you know, what is the ROI from this? Like, cause people more and more are just are charging it based on what you just alluded to, like time, labor cost, what goes into this production, um, which is, I think is the next progression of this, which is a lot further than everyone else. People just look up market rates and like then charge that, you know, um, or they listen to an agent that is literally incentivized to drive that price point up as much as possible because that's how they make their money. Um, and like I said, I came from that world, so I get it. We make 20% off the deal. Okay. We're only going to pitch deals worth so much money. Um, but what needs to happen is, okay. Okay. If you're an influencer and you're looking to get paid for something, what is your distribution actually worth? Um, you know, in your audience, how many people are actually likely, like going to actually convert and purchase this product from the organic side. And like I said, the organic side, to be honest, less and less revenue is really being driven from an organic audience. Your content though, that's where you can price it out. Your, the market rate of a, like a quality asset is $500 when it comes to creative, like a quality creative piece of content, $500. Now with influencers, a lot of the time it's based off following still, right? So like with a micro, you can get a piece of content, a video piece of content for like 150 bucks. And as you go up, like they actually become pretty ludicrous price points. So if you have over 150 K, like your creative price point can be a lot. These are like market rates though, but what it needs to come down to, what is this creative driving for the brand? And what is this organic post driving for the brand? And obviously some of that is out of your control. What if it's a shit product? Part of my language, but what's a shit brand, shit product. Doesn't get, it's not gonna drive anything. That's not on you. So there needs to be a floor and then there like a minimum price that you make. And then there needs to be incentivizations based on what the brand generates off of it. Um, and I think that's hundred percent where the, the, where the burnt, like where the market of influencer marketing is going. And there's a lot of like scammy shit happening too. Right. So it's like, I have, um, have you heard of smoothmyballs.com? Smoothmyballs.com. That was aggressive. Wow. Oh my God. This company reached out. This is like probably my favorite story of like saying no. I mean, we say no way more to say yes. But um, they like sent this whole DM and I'm like, is this joke? And then I like go on it and I start looking and usually like, you know, we have a team member that like researches and does all this, but it definitely piqued my interest. I'm like, what is this? And so I click on it. Their marketing's brilliant. It really is like there. It, it really is amazing. But then I start reading the reviews and their stuff is shit apparently and guys don't like it and i'm like, even if mm. even if okay um they had amazing reviews so i dm back and i'm like why do you think that they wanted to sponsor the podcast i'm like why do you think that my podcast is a good fit you know i'm asking questions back and um someone dms back and says well we want to target women you know, between the ages of 30 and 40, because that's our, our target. And typically women are the ones making the buying decisions. Um, it's not the men. And so I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then they're like, can we send you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not, this doesn't fit my brand 
because you're, I'm like, are you aware that your reviews online are not that great? And I'm not going to put something out, nor am I going to use this. And so it was just hilarious. And, but it's like, you've got to be authentic in what's good marketing. And then what is a shit product? Because what I don't want to do is talk about a product and then it get horrible reviews and then it come back and it like completely backfire on you. I mean, it, it really can ruin. Do you think it can like ruin someone's reputation? I kind of think it can. I don't know. (laughs) For sure. 100%. Your word is everything. Right. And so, I mean, the minute you recommend something that is a shit product, you're diluting your validity, you're diluting your credibility. And then, I mean, the conversion rate of your audience is going to continue to go down at that point, because if someone bought your product and it was a shit product that you were promoting, they're never going to buy it again. So they're, you're losing people at that point. And then word spreads. I mean, especially within the you know environment that we live in, that word's yeah. going to spread quick and there goes your credibility altogether. So 100%. And that's something to keep in mind too, on the brand side of things, when there are bad reviews, a go-to strategy let's go get 10 YouTubers and we'll bury this bad review. That's, that's a real, that's a real strategy on the brand side. So what you're saying is very bright and very smart. You need to look up the brand, look at the reviews because a part of influencer marketing strategy for brands is exactly that bury bad reviews. So keep that the top other, line. The other thing too, and you know, we've learned to just ignore it. Um, but daily like there's there's and I don't know I feel like some of this is is bots you know it's AI reaching out saying like post over here and come over here and let's collaborate over here like if one more person dms and says let me send you my workout clothes or my like the workout clothes and jewelry constantly Mm. and and but a lot of it is it's shit and it's scammy and so we'll go to, um, there's a couple of websites that our team uses to see like if they're a legit brand. And right. some of these things are, they're knockoffs and they're, um, g- again, going back to the word relationship. It is so important to like build those relationships because in the beginning, like when all this started a few years ago, like I even got swindled a little bit where it's like, I really liked these pants, these workout pants. And I'm like, sure, send me some. And then they send it. And it's like, the fabric was horrible. Mm. Um, I I'm short. So I'd ordered a petite. It definitely wasn't a petite, you know, there's just all these things. And it was, I wasn't going to post about it or put them. I I wasn't even going to wear them. I couldn't even fit into them. Mm. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I ordered a large and I'm like, is this like a large kids? Like, right. I, you know, it's just, it's huge. It's, it's like, you've, you've got to advocate for yourself. Um, but for people that are like getting those, do you have any recommendations? Like, should they comment back or should they just block them or delete them? Like how, how do you know if it's freaking real? That's the question is like, is it a real brand? Should you spend time on it? Or like, is it fake or is it a scam? How do you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, going back to how I, how we recommend brands start the relationship is for like, this is the exact purpose, right? We're reaching out in a way where, Hey, we just want to send this to you. No strings attached, no expectation you to post whatsoever. Let's just get in your hands. So, and then that can be the filter for the influencer. Like you don't need it. You can check out our website. You can check out our socials. We tell brands like, cause some of them are startups, right? It's just the fact of the matter. Like their website's not going to be all the way there. Their socials aren't going to be all the way there. 
but we do tell them like, Hey, you want to have your socials populated. At least you want to have a website up. So you look legit because a lot of it is first impressions, right? And you don't want to look like that scammy, that scammy brand, but we try to eliminate that as much as possible through that. Hey, we just want to send it to you. No strings attached, build the relationship in the right way, get product in their hands, and then let the product be the hero. Let the product speak for itself. Uh, and then the influencers and the creators that love the product, you'll know, because we actually ultimately, you'll know if they end up posting, like you said, with the ear product, you couldn't help yourself. You went and did so like you identified a genuine product adopter at that point in the brand. I would hundred percent, boom, take that relationship to the next level right away. In addition to that though, anybody um, that doesn't end up posting, anybody that opts in to receive the product, there's a certain level of interest there in the product, at least, you know, say, I want it, send it my way. Cool. We're sending everyone an MPS survey to fill out too. Hey, would you ever be interested? You know, what did you think about the product? So getting actual reviews of the product from them, would you ever want to work in a professional way? Getting, you know, would you ever want to partner up? Getting that understanding. So, so to answer your question in short, like start the relationship in the right way. It will filter out people that, you know, generally love you and vice versa. It'll filter out the schemers, the scammy, all of that. Um, and then, yeah, build a relationship from that foundation because it eliminates kind of everything that the influencer marketing world, um, has a bad reputation around on the brand side and on the influencer side. So you said like one of the most important words earlier, strategy. Mm. So if you can talk a little bit about that, because I think there's a lot of just dream people live in dreamland and um like my favorite example is is how the media plays all this out right so it's like I don't remember the guy's TikTok handle but I'm sure most of you unless you live under a rock which I live under a rock a lot and I know who this guy is the cranberry juice guy on the skateboard and he did that one video and they bought him a house and new teeth and it changed his life and da 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 and it's like what people don't go back and re- this dude has been posting consistently for years or something, but right. it's like, sometimes it moment. just fall in your lap, you know, but when it comes to strategy, it's like, um, it, it really is important. So what do you, what do you suggest to people from a strategy perspective? Like, what do they need to think about and do? Well, again, I'm more on the brand side, but this can relate to the influencer side as well. But I'll just give you what it is we're doing on behalf of brands each month. Each month, we are identifying, reaching out to 500 influencers at a minimum per brand. So identifying Angela and her, all her friends, all of that. Um, We're reaching out in the way that I've already suggested. Want to send you product, no strings attached, just get it in your hands, no expectation of you to post whatsoever. Typically out of 500, 100 opt-in and receive products, like 20% of them. Uh, And then we help get an unboxing experience dialed in, just lends itself to a greater impression. You want to put that best foot forward, kind of like you're already touching on too. And that first impression is huge. Um, You don't want to come off scammy, like a bad product, poor quality. You want to make that first impression great. Send out those 100 products. Typically 30% of them actually end up posting of their own free will, free of cost, no contractual obligation, just because they genuinely love your brand, your product. And they do so two to three times each. Uh, We follow up to get content usage rights. At that point, that's a way to get them paid. We onboard everyone into an affiliate program at that point. They've all proven to be genuine product adopters. Definitely recommend uh, hiking up that percentage that you give them to, you know, stand apart. Uh, show another good impression, incentivize them to do so even more. Uh, And then we just do that on a consistent basis and run that in paid social. 
we recommend seeding influencers on TikTok right now, organic algorithm wise. A majority of them are set up in a way, I'll just talk about this social media algorithms in general. A majority of them are set up to reach 10% of your audience. So if you have 100,000 followers, you're probably going to reach 10%, 10,000 impressions, 2 to 3% will engage. Those are kind of like averages for that level and that size. TikTok, though, is set up in a way where you'll far surpass that threshold of 10% and very easily could far surpass your entire audience. Um, so when you have 30 influencers posting 60 to 90 times, if those are all on TikTok, one of them is bound to be the grape juice guy that goes viral. Like it's just a numbers game and TikTok is most prone for virality right now. So to relate to the influencer side of things, if I'm an influencer in this landscape, like I said, 30 influencers, 60 to 90 assets, that's just 60 to 90 posts. I'd be posting as much content if I'm an influencer on TikTok as possible. And then allow that to be kind of like the initial your content flywheel where then you can build out your other audiences off of that. But there's no platform right now like TikTok in a way that you're able to grow and get in front of people um, and build your brand, quite honestly. Um, yeah, that's where I'm really pushing my fiance too, right there, TikTok. Listen, okay, y'all, if you're listening and watching, and, and again, like we've started teaching TikTok workshops and a lot of people Come are on. like, you know, we also teach like wash, rinse, repeat your content. You know, it can go over on Insta Reels and I'm an app fiend. So it's like we use Tick Save and, um, you know, I have a whole folder on my iPhone with all these different apps. Yeah, we pay for them $5 a month, whatever. We probably spend 50 bucks a month on the apps, but it does the work for us. Mm. We know what's trending daily with the sounds. We know what words are trending. I mean, there's all these apps, but it's a business. And so right. when people are like, oh my God, do you just, sit and make videos all day. I'm like, no, we batch our content. I usually spend a day or two a month. You're a creative like, agency. Yeah. Like doing it and then and putting it out, but they, they don't understand. They're like, I could never do this. I'm like, it is a business. And so again, going back to the strategy, it's so important, but you guys are hearing it from a professional who does this. If you're not on TikTok, like you're missing Gotta out. Be. It, yeah. it's just, and it's not going to last. It's not going to last either. Like in, this is Instagram. This is Instagram 10 years ago, right? Or whenever yep. it was Instagram's social media algorithm wasn't limited to reach 10% of your audience 10 years ago. You could reach, it was kind of like, it was TikTok. TikTok's algorithm is not going to, I say it's got a year left like this. So if you want to get in it, get in it now. Um, Cause then it's going to, it's not going to be here forever. And I was listening to a podcast from Gary V. People are like, well, why would I put all this content and time into TikTok? And then what if it goes away and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's like, so the fuck what? Like you, you gain a bunch of audience members and wherever you go, if they love you, they're going to go where you go. So if you go over to YouTube or wherever, they're going to freaking follow you. Right. So it's like, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket and di diversify a little bit, but it's just, it, it is a whole business in itself. So I know that you have this um, marketing like budget calculator thing and we'll put the link, but can you explain like what that is so that when people go to the link, they'll know what they're clicking on? Yeah. I mean, the influencer marketing budget calculators, again, it's more so for brands, but basically mm -hmm. it's just saying, Hey, take 2% of your revenue and then dedicate that to influencer seeding. So if you're a $10 million brand, that's $200,000 dedicated to seeding product out to influencers. So if you have the cost of delivery of your products is, $20, 
$200,000 divided by $20, you're sending out 10,000 products. So identify 10,000 quality influencers to get that one into the hands of and build genuine relationships and start the foundations in that way. So that calculator is very much so for brand side of things and how much product to send out to influencers to get that relationship built in the right way and start things off on the right foot. But hopefully some of the things that we chatted through today can help with setting budgets for the influencer side of things and what you should be charging. So who is your perfect client? Like if someone wanted to connect with you and learn more about what you guys do, what exactly, like who is your ideal target? Yeah, D2C, uh, direct-to-consumer, physical products. Um, if you want to go in annual revenue, 5 million to 15 million in annual revenue, I'm just kind of giving the entire breakdown. But what I'll say is it's for everybody. Um, you know, we've done this for a brand that was just starting out going zero to a million in four months to the M&Ms of the world. So it's really for any stage of business. You want to be working with influencers. It's not going anywhere. Uh, it's only growing uh, and becoming more and more important to have a part of the marketing mix of what brands are doing. That's awesome. This is super helpful. We'll put all the links in the show notes. And if you guys want to connect with Taylor and reach out and continue the conversation, because we get a lot of questions about this, you'll know how to get in touch with him. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you having me. And if you're, yeah. And if you're watching or listening, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. Y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.